Welcome to Board Box Extras. Our goal is to share the best of blockchain gaming with our community, matching great players with great games that they'll love. To learn more about Boardbox and our partners, go to boardbox.io and grab a Boardbox NFT to join our private community of gamers. All right, let's click the start button and get to it. All right, that was perfect. There was 30 seconds left in that song and Kieran got kicked off Twitter and he got back in time and it all worked out so perfectly. <laughs> so thanks guys for joining. We've got a Louvium on stage. Kieran, I've wanted to chat with you for a very long time. I appreciate you doing this, especially after uh, a 24 hour marathon, which we'll get into. Uh, I'm sure you're very exhausted and still recovering from that. But uh, for those who uh, have not met him, uh, I would say a legend in the, in the gaming space and the Web3 space um, has built an already gigantic ecosystem of interconnected IP and games. So we're gonna talk a bit about that, what's coming next. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know me, uh, I'm bored. I go by bored Elon Musk on Twitter as well. Have had this uh, this identity for almost ten years now. Uh, in the real world, I spent over a decade in the traditional gaming space. Uh, a lot of that time uh, working for one of the largest Japanese game publishers in the world. I love talking about gaming. I love talking to other nerds in the space. Uh, and so um, I host spaces like this to get into into the weeds on these things. Um, we we're chatting today because Alluvium has launched uh, a new uh, chapter uh, in in the overall IP called Beyond, which we'll talk about a bit more, and we'll talk about gaming at a high level. So, yeah, Kieran, welcome welcome to the stage. Um, would love to hear a, a brief uh, overview uh, from you on your background, and then I've got some speed round questions. Uh, for you to answer, if you don't mind. Hey, Bod, thanks so much for having me on. I know it's been uh, a long time coming. Uh, but yeah, really, really excited to be on the space and uh, can't wait to hopefully give you a little bit more insight into Alluvium. That's awesome. All right. So, uh, all right. Speed round of questions. Uh, by the way, uh, we'd love to have questions from the audience uh, towards the end. Uh, or if you want to reply to the pinned tweet, uh, I can answer or ask questions uh, on everyone's behalf along the way. Um, additionally, forgot to mention, um, in addition to my gaming background, I am the co-founder of Boardbox.io. We're actually giving away quite a few Alluvium assets on our site. So as long as you have a membership, you'll be able to potentially grab one of the Aluvatars that's being given out. So do check that out. All right, Kieran, speed run. Um, you've done a lot of interviews. You've put out a lot of content. Is there something, is there one thing uh, most people don't yet know about you or you think the majority of people don't know about you yet? Uh, maybe that I love fishing, <laughs> but I don't eat fish. <laughs> Uh, that's a good one. Uh, you like the act, the tranquility of it. It's also a very common activity inside of video games. Uh, funny enough is throwing your, your, your lure in and trying to get something out. Um, okay. Getting a magic yeah. Up. Love it. Yep. Uh, I heard from a friend of yours that you and your brothers played a lot of chess as kids. Uh, why do you like the game of chess and please provide the most nerdy answer possible? Uh, I guess I just like the competitiveness of it and uh, the the economy of it. You know, the 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 whole its simplistic complexity is uh, is has always been fascinating to me. The the idea of 
taking a bishop for a horse, it, you know, w whether or not you're, you're good with, uh, with different pieces, you, you make the sacrifice dependent on, you know, your opponent. And there's just so many combinations in such a simple game that it just, yeah, it's always been fascinating to me. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, on the spectrum of uh, luck versus skill, it is absolutely uh, entirely skill if two people know exactly uh, the you know the right rule set and uh, strategy. So I, I appreciate that. Um, I'm more of a poker guy because I like a little bit of luck, but I respect <laughs> I respect chess players as long as they don't hide things in crevices and try to cheat uh, during championships. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, what would you say, in your opinion, is the most um, what what gaming company uh, out there would you would you say you admire the most that maybe you aspire to to become? The Pokemon Company, mm, for sure. Good answer. Uh, who recently, by the way, announced they're hiring a, a Web three uh, lead, which is fun. Um, yeah, I I mean, just quick. I know this is quick fire round, but yeah, I, I look a lot of. Uh, I think they're a little bit behind in that regard, like most of the major uh, mainstream gaming companies started hiring uh, a crypto advisor or web three gaming, uh, you know, consultant or some position like that about two years ago. And every single time it happened, someone would say, Oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> They're coming in. And, you know, three years later, nothing's happened. So I'm not as bullish on that, but it would be pretty damn cool if they did come in. Yes. Well, certainly with Pokemon cards, they, they pioneered this idea of, uh, you know, things that are valuable outside of the actual play. Um, the problem with the cards, of course, being the, the most valuable ones you, you keep in storage and you don't actually play with them. Um, but I agree. They're, they're yeah. really well behind. Um, but exciting. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to get started at least. Uh, and then, yeah, back to a uh, last speed, speed round question. Um, you know, getting back to the thing I referenced earlier, you recently did a 24 hour live stream for the launch of Alluvium Beyond. And I watched a little bit of it. Uh, how do you feel at hour 23 and 45 minutes? How, how was your body feeling? How are you mentally? <laughs> I, was, I was pretty screwed to be honest. The, uh, I, I think what a lot of people didn't realize is that I'd actually skipped sleeping the night before because we had, uh, I'm in charge of marketing. And so to, to get everything prepped across all of the different partners and influencers and just announcements and everything that, that needed to go into the, the last minute hype, it just, I, I find whenever we have a big launch like that, I just can't sleep even if I wanted to. And so I decided at like 3 a.m. I had a space at like 3 a.m., which was a, it was with Rug Radio. So I was like, you know what? I'll definitely do that because their audience is very in tune with NFTs. And then it got to like 4.30 and I was like, uh, why not? I'll just, I'll just go through. But little did I know <laughs> that I was going to be stuck on a 24-hour on a live stream after that. So it was something like 40 hours straight or something. It was just... That's rough. I appreciated in your live stream, though, how um, angry you got when you didn't pull <laughs> the, the, the cards that you wanted. So you were you were very, very into it and committed, um, which is which is respectable. <laughs> you you eat your own dog food uh, as a customer of your own product. And I, I, I definitely respect it. 
So yeah, I, I would love to, you know, help onboard people who are maybe newer to the Alluvium ecosystem. Um, you know, before we get into beyond, um, for anybody who's, who's newer um, to Alluvium, because uh, I know you're always looking for, you know, new potential players and participants, um, would love to hear kind of your 30 second take. Like if you had a, a free Super Bowl ad uh, for 30 seconds and you wanted to introduce Alluvium to the world, um, would would love to hear kind of the 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 high level pitch for 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 you know the vision of what you're trying to build. Sure. So uh, I would say welcome to the new frontier of gaming, where we bring AAA graphics and a and a suite of games that are all seamlessly interconnected. Imagine being able to play three of your favorite genres of games and not have to re-download uh, and not have to download a game for every single uh, for, for every single title and be able to use the same characters, the same armor, the same weapons, all of the, the same collectibles across all three games in the ecosystem with the same economy and the ability to uh, buy and sell real-world assets all at the same time. That's what Alluvium is. Love it. So, I mean, going back to Pokemon Company, uh, to make a helpful analogy for people, uh, imagine you can fight with Pikachu in Super Smash Brothers, uh, use it in the core Pokemon game, uh, in the Detective Pikachu series, and, uh, you know, and something else. I don't know. Uh, basically, you, 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 continue, you have that IP that, that spans different game types, uh, and, and you own it. Um, so, to that point, um, you see you see sort of the web two versions of this that have been growing over the last decade or so. Uh, Riot is a good example. Activision Blizzard, um, they have their core, you know, most popular games. I'll, I'll use Activision Blizzard as an example. You see characters from Overwatch, you know, bleeding over into, into other IP or World of Warcraft and, and, and um, Hearthstone, for example. Uh, once you have a really strong IP that uh, intellectual property and set of characters that players love, um, it gets easier to use them in different formats and appeal to different different players, which I think is important. Like, you know, I, I don't like first-person shooters, for example, but I'll play a strategy game because I, I, I like that aspect of it. So I, it seems like you guys are going down um, a similar path and it, it makes a ton of sense. Um, but you're also working on a bunch of games simultaneously. So that, that feels very difficult. Uh, what, what would you say that you're doing, you know, similar to these types of traditional publishers and what are you guys doing differently that maybe you've learned from or, or have observed um, that, you know, the, the, the types of, you know, companies like Riot and Blizzard have gone wrong. So uh, I, I would say uh, some of the things that we're, we're trying to recreate that, those companies have done well is create an IP that resonates with the audience and really tap into the psychology of what makes a uh, the the end user want to collect and play with and uh, and watch and all of these different things with uh, with a character that is has been at, at the core ethos of Alluvium since our inception. Right, we wanted to have a set of characters that people would play in any genre, you know, regardless of uh, of where we took them. 
And we, I, I, I personally really, really believe in that. You know, if Pokemon brought out a first-person shooter, as crazy as that sounds, I guarantee you there would be a bunch of people that would think this is the greatest thing ever, even though it's a little bit out there and a little bit weird. It, uh, it just, it's because you'd think, oh, maybe it's more cartoony and they don't actually kill each other and it's like a paintball-style game. And, uh, you know, but I've got my Pikachu and I want that character that can go around or I've got my Bulbasaur, I've got my Charizard, whatever it might be. But you you sort of resonate with the characters and that's what we're trying to do with our IP. And so uh, that's that's why we put so much effort into building out these characters, concepting them takes a long, long time. The sound, the uh, the lore behind them, like they're their personalities that they have, where you you traditionally find them. All of this stuff goes into concepting uh, each and every one of our characters. And we have something like uh, 185 of them at, at this stage. So I think that is a, is a big part of how we are able to build an interoperable universe. It's, it's this situation where you're collecting these characters in one game and then you're utilizing them across a suite of games as we build it out and it's almost like building a a piecemeal mmo right where we've got so many games that are all interconnected our our end goal is to to have them all working simultaneously and your ability to just jump from one to the other to the other is uh, is a really seamless experience. Yeah, for, for anyone who's familiar with the game Splatoon, uh, I think that format would work really well for what you're describing with the uh, the peak, uh, with the uh, the Pokemon uh, shooter game. So you're not like literally blowing off the heads of uh, characters in Pokemon, but you're covering <laughs> as much ground as possible. I think that would be a good balance of uh, protecting their IP and also getting into a new game genre. <laughs> Um, can you talk through, like, t- to the point of having different gameplay styles and, and, you know, meeting people depending on what their personal preferences are? Can you, can you kind of break down what the current games in development are um, and maybe, you know, perhaps where you want to go in the future? So it's clear, you know, you want these things to be interoperable, uh, have characters that work in, in different games. But, yeah, I would love a, a breakdown of, of, yeah, what you have sort of in the product roadmap right now. Yeah, for sure. So we've got uh, four games in uh, in development. One that just went live, Alluvium Beyond, uh, is it's a collection game. It, it's not your your typical genre of, of gaming. It's it's more just uh, collecting cards and trying to. Uh, it's I would say it's a digital version of like stamp collecting or, or whatever, with a few more uh, nuances in that you can uh, achieve things. There's a leaderboard and stuff like that. So let's leave Alluvium Beyond out of it for a sec. Our, our other three core games that we're building, the first one is Alluvium Zero, which is a, uh, a city builder game, very similar to like uh, SimCity back in the day where you're trying to build a industrial complex and you're trying to optimize that complex to generate as much fuel and resources, which is required in our second game, which is more the open world explorer 
type game where you're trying to collect different characters. You can harvest plants and create armor and fuse these characters together. And there's seven beautiful regions that uh, that are all unique. And it's it's just a, a, a really wonderful experience to go through and, and figure out. And it, it's also where uh, a core amount of the lore is held and where you find out what is actually happening in Alluvium. So that's, uh, that's Alluvium Overworld. And then the last one is where you take the characters and the creatures that you've uh, collected and you bring them into more of an auto battler style of game, very similar to like a team fight tactics or Dota Underlords. And the whole idea there is uh, you're trying to, uh, you can, you know, play PvP, you can do a training mode, you can uh, uh, join tournaments, and that's more like our, our esports type of, uh, of genre. But the main thing is that they are all seamlessly interconnected and you can utilize all of the assets across all three games. And eventually Alluvium Beyond as well. I love that. Is there, um, this is a bit of a, just a, a one-off question, but I think it's relevant. Is there a game that you've played in the past um, that you think if you were to reverse engineer and let people, you know, basically own their assets inside of it, uh, turn it into a blockchain game that would work really well or that would just make you happy as a player? Uh, I'll give you an example. Like for me, it's Rocket League. I would love to be able to own cars, beat people, take their cars away from them, uh, have permadeath. Curious if there's a title that you've played that that you felt that. Uh, I was I was actually going to say I mean it's very I I'm not a fan of Rocket League. Grant, my brother, he that's his favorite game, and he's tried to get me into it so many <laughs> times. But I was going to say, uh, growing up, I played Need for Speed mm-hmm. a lot, and I think that whole idea of like uh, you know. Taking, I mean, there's so many different games that I could, I could say I would love ownership of, but that's just one that comes to mind where it's like you beat someone in a race, you get their car, you can own it, you can then sell it on the marketplace, all, all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, there's, uh, there's so many different use cases, and I think that's why it's so interesting to me and why it was such a light bulb moment when I stumbled across NFTs and gaming, it was, it was like, wow, this, this has the, the power to change gaming forever. And it's something that gamers have been wanting for decades. Yeah, no, it it makes sense. And I I always love to operate in these kind of use cases because I think it's easier for people uh, who some, who are somewhat neutral or negative to the space to understand why it would be uh, helpful to them as a player. So uh, yeah, appreciate the the racing analogy. I think that that definitely works really well. Kind of like Fast and the Furious, you're you're racing for slips. Um, yeah. So so getting into the the weeds of game design philosophy. Um, last summer, I wrote this article. It was way too long, and it basically explored this idea of how does blockchain blockchain technology help enhance games and make them more fun, which is kind of what we just talked about. But thinking through like the last few decades, tech is meant to not be a selling point for why a game is fun, but uh, enhance it. So you think about things like online multiplayer, introduce new types of game mechanics, um, in-app purchases and skins, same same idea. So 
you know, I, I fully support this idea of, of players owning their digital assets. That's, you know, philosophically, I think the right thing um, to come into existence. But player rights aside, you know, have you found anything in particular very interesting about how blockchain and digital ownership is actually going to evolve uh, gameplay and the mechanics uh, of your games? Yeah, so I, th- I mean, there's, again, there's, there's a multitude of, uh, of different advantages that building on top of a blockchain gives a game. I mean, decentralization is, uh, is one of those. Having no single central authority to be able to dictate what happens and, and being controlled by a DAO makes it much more fairer to uh, to the players and I think it it's been that's been one thing that has been frustrating you know you've got your favorite character and then all of a sudden it gets nerfed or it gets changed or it's removed or something in, inside of a game so uh, yeah decentralization would be one uh, obviously ownership and just control over your assets and and being able to buy and sell and trade and stuff like that that's very, very interesting and I think can create a lot of uh, inter-economics that haven't that have been touched on and, and obviously having uh, economies inside games is, is, is nothing new, but having it be a, uh, a real-world economy that, uh, that people can buy and sell things for, um, you know, fiat essentially is, uh, is pretty interesting interoperability another one that that we just spoke about the ability to bring an asset from one game into another game into another game uh you know that is pretty fascinating and uh yeah i and and also i would say incentivization that's that's a big one that we haven't experienced ourselves yet but we've we've portioned off 10% of our tokens to uh to this incentivization model of uh, in-game rewards which at one point was worth something like 1.9 billion dollars and and now it's still worth something like 80 million dollars but that's a lot of tokens that we can utilize to as it's essentially think of it like an in-game marketing fund which uh, which isn't really possible in uh, in mainstream so yeah yeah they, they would be my my main things that i would say no that that makes sense and i keep um kind of beating this drum because people are somewhat skeptical of where does value come from and go back to the players but the thing that's important to, to realize um in the traditional gaming space is just the massive amount of funds that go towards advertising and user acquisition um that can instead go back to the players like call of duty alone spends $500 $500 million every time it uh, launches a new a new version of the game. Um, and there are a lot of middlemen who are involved in the, in the traditional game publishing industry um, that take a cut. And to me, at least, it feels better to use marketing dollars to go back to your, your player base to help them uh, or encourage them to recruit other players to make the, the game more fun. So I, I, I fully support, you know, what, what you're describing. Um, and, and the reality is right now, uh, only certain people are are getting any value outside of fun uh, for playing games. That might be Twitch streamers. That might be uh, people who write, you know, reviews and, and content. 
but the players themselves, uh, yeah, they're, they're sort of out of the equation. So I, I like your perspective on this. I think Illuvium has done a nice job of, you know, rewarding its players without necessarily allowing that reality to, um, you know, dampen the, the game experience or, or, you know, cloud the game experience. Cause there is, there is a balance there that has to be maintained. Um, so you, you touched on the idea of decentralization and the DAO. Um, one thing I've noticed about Alluvium that I think is pretty different is a, you're building very publicly and you have a powerful DAO that is helping guide a lot of the decision-making. So if you look at traditional video games, especially based on my experience in, with, um, Japanese game publishers, um, there's not a ton of influence that players get to make on games. Um, you know, on occasion, they'll allow fans to make very specific uh, suggestions uh, around game design, but it's it's usually kind of the, the game designers, the auteur, don't, you know, don't mess with them. Don't tell them what to do. They're going to produce an awesome product for you. <laughs> don't ask any questions. So, you know, in, in your guys' uh, mind, you you are taking a lot of feedback and input from a DAO how do you balance that need to act as a creator who can push things forward and keep things moving, but also, you know, keep your active participants in the DAO uh, satisfied? Well, I, I think in our case, we had a pretty detailed plan, right? Like with our original white paper that we, uh, you know, using that as a schematic of, of what we wanted to build, we had buy-in from that and people understood it. They got the fact that it was, you know, this collection type game that was very similar to Pokemon, but you would be able to own your assets. We're going to make them sort of new age assets rather than the, the typical sort of 2D, 3D-ish, I would say, Pokemon uh, that people are used to. And they're going to have, you know, new abilities and new attacks and defenses and stuff like that. And, and people got that. And then we said, once you've finished uh, or, or once you've collected them, you're going to be able to jump into this other world where you can start battling these things and you can play either or, or you can play both of them. And that's what we're going to do. Right. And, and we set out and said, on top of that, we are going to set up a, a governance system which allows the players to essentially be in control and the token holders in our case. And, uh, and, and that's what we wanted to do. And so it's, it's pretty clear from the outset what we were trying to achieve. And then from there, we had uh, situations where, uh, you know, there's probably been, I would say, 20 proposals, but we call them improvement proposals that come from the community that say, hey, you might have not realized this fact about your DeFi elements or uh, we think you should add this game into the ecosystem or remove this character or add this character. And so they're small changes that don't, that don't put us, uh, you know, divert us off course where it, it gets to a point where it's detrimental. And so I would say having a DAO and, and truly being, uh, transparent about everything that we do and, and being held accountable for all of our actions has actually been uh, a better experience than just building in uh, in a centralized fashion 
where there's no sort of accountability. You don't really, as as an investor or, or a gamer, you're not you, you're sort of waiting for what's next and what's going to be in this next uh, patch and will they do something that that I don't like and all this kind of stuff and you you're sitting in the dark and so I think this is just uh, a, I think this is going to be we we will be one of the examples moving forward of where mainstream studios need to to go to because there's just so much advantage with having a DAO versus the small teething issues that we've had to go through, which can be frustrating at times, but ultimately I would say the the pluses definitely outweigh the uh, the minuses. Yeah, no, that that's great. I agree. I, I mean, I appreciate that you, in a way, want to keep yourself and the team accountable um, by having all the eyeballs or, or people sitting on your shoulder, despite the frustrations. I think the 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 biggest benefit that I've seen from this is once players. Um, you know, go through the year or two years or more uh, participating in the development of a game, even if it's small, once it's out, they feel like they are co-creators and they want to actually shout about it from the rooftops and say, you know, I played a small role in making this character this way or, or, you know, driving this game mechanic. It's something they're proud of. And you've seen pieces of that starting to happen in the traditional gaming world, but it's not uh, it's not the norm. And I do think you're, you're, you know, this space is going to push traditional game uh, publishers to to do the same thing, uh, which I think is is a good thing. And you know the, the the rare exceptions will be those game designers who have put out twenty thirty games in their life, and basically they kind of deserve to to do it privately. I guess like Hideo Kojima can basically go and make whatever weird ass game he wants to make, and he kind of earned the right to do it. Maybe people will play it. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, I agree with that. At a certain point, it's like just, I've proven myself. 30 times now, fair enough. Let me let me do it. But again, I think it's it's interesting, right? Like you you that whole concept of like just trust me. I don't know. I feel like I'm a huge huge believer in uh, in DAOs and so from my perspective, I think all companies are eventually going to be operated by DAOs at least in a, a small part of it. Uh, at a at a minimum, so you know, I I just don't think that this whole idea of hey, I know what I'm doing or we know what we're doing, so trust me, is uh, is the best way forward. I just feel like we've had such a positive experience with being super transparent across the board that uh, yeah, I can see not just you know finance companies and and. Uh, and gaming companies moving to this model, I can see pretty much all traditional companies moving to a DAO model, you know, 10, 20 years in the future. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's fair. Uh, and, and really just the legal infrastructure is kind of catching up with it, but um, we're all doing a, a test run of, of what that's going to look like. So I, I agree with that, that potential future. Um, cool. So yeah, getting into more cultural or sorry, current events, um, you know, you guys recently launched Beyond last week. Um, I I know we talked a little bit about uh, Pokemon. I think it's an interesting analogy. So you mentioned that, you know, it's a collection of, of, of avatars. You guys call them Iluvatars. Um, the interesting thing about Pokemon, using that as an example, is that it feels like in the last few years, especially, that there's two, there's two p- pieces of being a, a fan of, of Pokemon 
uh, the, the CCG. One is the people who play the game. And then the other group, which I think is actually the bigger group, is collecting the cards and they never play. Um, that's a that's a funny phenomenon. Like that is not what the Pokemon company envisioned when they released um, this game. But that is that has become sort of the norm. So in a way, and I don't want to like steal your thunder in terms of, you know, talking about what 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 beyond is. But in a way, I feel like you guys are kind of like doing it. In, a, in the opposite direction, which is like, let's make the collectible part first and then build around that and expand into, into gameplay eventually, if that makes sense. But yeah, we, we'd love to hear, you know, your overview of Beyond because you kind of, um, you know, held off on that when you were going through the various um, projects you, you're building out. Um, and would would love to hear an overview of, of Beyond and kind of what you think you might do with it in the coming years. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it, it you're right. It, it, is in reverse when you look at a, a traditional TCG. And the reason I'm sort of hesitant there to say uh, it's it's guaranteed to be in reverse, that we would go from CCG to TCG, is uh, it needs to, it's a, gov- a governance decision to, to make that happen, right? Like we haven't got approval to build a TCG out. We just have approval to build the, the CCG. So what Alluvium Beyond was originally meant to be is is literally just what the 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 namesake is with Aluvatars, right? It was just meant to be a PFP that people could flaunt in all of the games inside of the Alluvium universe and uh, and also on socials and stuff like that. And I wanted to bridge the gap between NFT collectors and your traditional just web three gaming buffs that weren't interested in board apes or, you know, doodles or Azuki, any of these like scarce collections with uh, generative art. They were more interested in, Hey, we want to actually see a game that has substance and that we can play and get addicted to. And, uh, but I find it hard to ignore uh, groups or, or segments of a market that have uh, such a s- such a large following and, and just so much engagement and uh, you know projects were just going nuts and so that's why I wanted to to build uh, Aluvatars and then Roger who is a huge collectibles fan uh, he like collects weird stuff as well like pins and <laughs> hopefully he's not listening but like we like all this like stamps and pins and and also uh trading cards he was a big uh magic fan and and so he basically said look we can't build a tcg but we can take the collecting element to the next level and that's why you have things like uh collections and an album where you're trying to collect uh, there's like you've got to get all the clown nose accessories and you've got to get all the water-based alluvials and you've got to get the uh, like there's a collection for all of the holographics and like all of the wave one and and you're you're trying to you're opening up these packs of or you're opening up these discs and uh, and you're trying to achieve the feeling of uh, completion, right? Which is essentially what a CCG is. And, uh, and that for me as well, that that's all Pokemon 
was in terms of the cards. Like I, I did play the game a little bit, but uh, it was more so for me about collecting all of them, right? Like getting to that, that, that final achievement of I have every single one of these cards. Ideally you have every single one in hollow. And so that's, that's what uh, Alluvium Beyond is to me. But uh, in the future, like most things, as soon as someone gets a sniff of what we're potentially thinking or what more specifically what Aaron is thinking in terms of game design, he usually has a plan on top of the plan. And so uh, I, I think once we get the other games out, it's going to be fairly swift where a proposal comes through that gets approved that we turn Alluvium beyond into a full-blown TCG. Well, and perhaps you guys are amongst uh, many people who build, uh, you know, on top of this IP. If somebody else, you know, who who owns a bunch of assets uh, in the Alluvium ecosystem wants to put out a design for, for a TCG and, you know, basically use your, your IP uh, as you know, the, the actual players, I, I suppose that's kind of an interesting thing, but it, it makes sense because when you think about a lot of PFP projects, um, they, 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 they sort of start off as a collectible, as an identity. Many of them eventually promise a game. Uh, very few of them will actually deliver on them. Uh, so the PFP's primary, you know, purpose is really just to be an icon for your persona online. Um, in a way you don't, you don't necessarily need to create a TCG because you're already building a bunch of games. Um, this is just adding to the world that you've built and giving people an identifier. So I, you know, I fully support if you guys don't want to go that route. I think as a game designer myself, I, I know that uh, of all the different types of game styles, uh, TCGs tend to be um, not easier, uh, I guess like less intensive to build in terms, you know, versus like 3D environment style games. So if it happens or if the DAO pushes for it, uh, it would make a lot of sense. But uh, yeah, fully support, you know, uh, either way what you guys are doing. And I, I have to mention, I mean, right now is kind of a weird market. There's a lot of stuff happening. Uh, you know, people are scared of having money in their banks and you guys uh, have minted 70,000 uh, discs amidst all of that, which is extremely impressive to me. Um, and this is after you guys have, you know, put quite a bit of, uh, digital assets already out into the market over the last year. Uh, so hopefully, you know, you feel good about it. Um, I think it's it's extremely impressive. It just shows that you guys have built a very strong brand in Web3. Yeah, it's obviously, it's it's not ideal, uh, the, the timing of, of releasing anything <laughs> at the moment, but we don't really look at uh, at the market, right? When we're, we're not focused on that. We're trying to build out our IP and, uh, build that connection with the characters. And we think this is the, the next step. As you said, right now, a lot of people uh, are treating this like uh, a, a, just a profile photo. I am almost 99% sure that that will change in the future, which makes it really, really interesting when you think about having waves, right? Because it might be uh, a TCG might only get approved in let's call it nine months, right? Which will already be onto our, our third wave of, uh, of this set. So for those people that were like, ah, oh, it's just a PFP project and it's not anything or whatever. 
and then it turns into a TCG that has a whole bunch of utility outside of just the collect the collection aspect, you're going to get this situation where the people that can, like Ramfire, for example, it's only available in this wave one. So if you don't get it now and you want to use that in the TCG, then you're kind of screwed, right? Unless you go into the marketplace and mm-hmm. then people are like, well, now I know that I'm the I'm one of 30 people that have a Ramfire and this card is absolutely awesome inside the TCG. So you should have thought about that before, you know, when, when the wave was, was open and therefore I'm going to charge you uh, an arm and a leg for it because, uh, because I was smart enough to, to get it in the first wave that I think is being underestimated, but, but yeah, we're, we're super happy with that. And just on the, uh, on the idea of, of people building out, uh, using our IP, we're absolutely, we're, we're all for that. And particularly with, uh, Alluvium Beyond. So the, those, those, uh, cards that, that people have now, there's one thing that we've, uh, and actually I, I want to get you to, to do a battle as well. So we'll, we'll talk about this offline if you're, if you're willing, but I'm, I'm uh, willing. let's do it. <laughs> yes. Sweet. But, um, we've, we've been, creating these sort of like manual battles where two people will go up against each other. You open a bunch of discs and the person that has the, the highest rating, uh, the, the highest power rating from, uh, from all of the discs that you've opened wins the battle. And I thought about that and I was like, you know what? It's web three. Let's make it. So it's a situation. Let's, let's build out a version of the game where two people can lock in their discs the system automatically realizes, uh, you know, who got after they're opened, who got the highest power rating. And then as soon as the battle's over, it's like, boom, board one. And, you know, congratulations, transferring discs to you. And because you won, you get all of the, the discs and the content sent to you. And the other player's like, damn it, I lost. And, <laughs> and the only issue with that is uh we can't it's it's not really a game that we want to step into uh because of like not so much the gambling element but there's just uh there's an element of like disappointment potentially there if someone loses a, a really powerful uh uh Luvatar. and yep. so plus we're also ridiculously busy but there's another project which is very much into being DJs and uh, you know playing for pink slips and stuff like that. And this is a bit of a, a leak before tomorrow that uh, that is very interested in uh, facilitating that platform and uh, and allowing people to to load in their discs and and we're in talks right now. So uh, yeah, I would I would say it's not going to be long before. There are platforms and, and other other players in the market that are, are utilizing our Aluvatars for additional utility and, and fun. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I, I agree. Um, punishing players by losing stuff is, is really for the most hardcore. Um, the masses just want to basically win, get some sort of achievement, um, get some sort of status, and then everybody gets to, to move on. 
Um, so appreciate, you know, that you're thoughtful about this. Uh, and I will say that as I've played various uh, TCGs myself, the most recent being Marvel Snap. I don't know if, if you've played it or, or, or you know, watched any yeah, games. I but... I, yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, it's like that's a game where you just see how obvious it would be to collect items. And I love the game and I played the game, um, but I didn't develop an emotional connection to the cards I was collecting or feel incentivized to keep collecting them just because they, they're not mine, right? They're just like, they're there because the publisher allows it. It's an awesome game. And this is the same thing that happened with Hearthstone. Like I literally spent over a thousand dollars on Hearthstone cards. And then one day I just stopped and um, I couldn't walk away with that the way you could with like a physical Pokemon card or a magic card. And that was really disheartening. So I, I think, you know, whether you guys build a TCG or not, people are going to feel really connected to these Iluvatars um, and I think that is, that is going to motivate people to want to play various types of card games. Uh, and I think it's cool that you're, you're open to having this exist on, on other platforms or with other people at the helm, uh, in addition to, you know, potentially building your own, if the, if the DAO wants to move in that direction. Yeah. And, uh, again, it's probably a little bit of a leak and I should wait until tomorrow, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're in uh, very, very final stages of uh, of talking to another DAO that is very willing to do this so uh provided we get uh we we obviously need to talk to the council on our side but yeah we would love for i'm not going to say the name of this project but uh we would love for them to build it out for us and we think it it fits perfectly with their ethos and uh, I'm very, very close with this project. So, yeah, that's uh, that's just going to give people another exciting outlet to, uh, of, of utility and where you can go to, to actually open these discs. And if you are one of those hardcore people that's like, you know what, I, me versus you and winner takes all, then, uh, then it's not going to be long before you can, uh, you can play that sort of a game. Well, I'm excited for that. Um, well, awesome. Kieran, thank you for, for chatting for almost an hour. Um, before we wrap up, uh, thanks everybody for, for listening in. Uh, please do go to alluvium.io, um, check out all the, the, the various games that they are building. And of course, Alluvium Beyond. Uh, I picked up a bunch of packs myself. Uh, I equally got angry, just like Kieran did, as I was opening some of them and others were pretty good. Um, Kieran, any last uh, thoughts or places you want to send people um, to to check out what you're building? No, I just wanted to say thanks so much for coming on, and uh, I appreciate you bearing with me through. Uh, I know <laughs> we were meant to speak, and uh, when when I had that live stream, that sort of got sprung on me. So uh, thanks so much for having me, and if people want to check out. Alluvium, please go to the Discord. That's the best place to start. We've got some amazing moderators and the community is uh, is awesome. If you want to pick up some of the Alluvatars that we just dropped, the, the first wave is still well and truly open and uh, you can find that on the Alluvium website. Just navigate to the Alluvadex. Awesome. Yeah, give, give Alluvium a follow. They're up at the top there. Uh, Kieran as well. He's a good, he's a good follow. He's spicy sometimes on Twitter, which is always, <laughs> always helpful. Uh, awesome. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, have a great week, everyone. Kieran, it was a pleasure to get to know you better, talk about nerdy game stuff and uh, definitely hit me up uh, offline to set up some sort of competition or, uh, or stream because I think it'll be fun. 
Definitely. We will uh, we'll be in touch very, very soon. Thanks again, right. Bob. Cheers, Thank you. Mate. Bye, Cheers. everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to this Board Box Extra. Please note that none of what was discussed in this episode today should be taken as financial or investment advice. We are excited to share this content and encourage everyone to do their own research. Looking to go deeper, get more access? Join us at boardbox.io and grab a Board Box NFT to join our private community of gamers.